0: Right now, at this very moment, as I speak, multiplied millions of people around the world are caught up in what the Word of God calls the Great Falling Away or Great Apostasy. You and I are living in it right now. The collective church and myriad purporting quote-unquote Christians desperately need to be shaken out of its, their, spiritual slumber to the irrefutable reality that we are right now, in the year 2018, in the very midst of the greatest time of apostasy and falling away from the true God and His truth in human history, doctrinal deviation, degeneration, and denigration. Is a perilous path leading not to genuine unity of the Spirit as posited by its propagators, but rather disunity with the Holy Spirit. It leads to apostasy, perdition, and ultimately hell itself. Stay tuned as I begin to unpack, with the help of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, the real truth about the perilous path of doctrinal deviation welcome to the real truth podcast i'm your host stephen lambert in an hour when deception and apostasy is rampant on earth the need for proclaiming the real truth has never been more desperate Jesus prophesied, An hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipper. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Proclaiming the real truth of the written and rhema prophetic Word of God that He is revealing in this hour concerning the church Jesus is building is our goal. Affecting real change in the hearts and minds of believers in Christ is our purpose. Friends, the subject of today's program is one of the most serious and somber topics we could possibly address. Right now, at this very moment, as I speak, multiplied millions of people around the world are caught up in what Jesus Himself, along with the New Testament writers, prophesied and predicted would be a great falling away or apostasy the collective church and myriad individual purporting quote-unquote Christians desperately need to be shaken out of its, their, spiritual lethargy and slumber to the reality that we are right now, in the year 2018, in the very midst of the greatest time of apostasy and falling away in human history from the genuine faith elucidated in the Bible. While the collective church experienced what theologians and church historians have identified as a massive corporate falling away or apostasy during what is known as the Dark Ages, and that certainly was true, nevertheless, the Word of God categorically identifies a great falling away or great apostasy that will transpire in the very last days, just prior to the catching up or rapture of the genuine church Jesus is building, which event shall be followed immediately by the revelation and activation, if you will, of the ultimate Antichrist who will be the devil incarnate and who will orchestrate apocalyptic destructions upon the earth and, quote, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called god or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God, end quote. Second Thessalonians two four The revelation or unveiling of the Antichrist has not yet occurred, but it certainly is only moments away on the clock of end times events. The apostle Paul prophesied of this great falling away or apostasy in Second Thessalonians two three in his prophetic delineation of the last day's events, wherein referring to, quote, the day of the Lord, end quote, which is the day of the judgment of Christ upon the unbelieving world, he stated, quote, let no one in any way deceive you, for it, that is, the day of the Lord, will not come unless or until the apostasy NASB, or falling away, it says in the King James Version, comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, meaning the Antichrist. So he is saying that the great apostasy will precede the revelation of the ultimate Antichrist, who has not yet, in this hour in which we are living, been revealed. As the Antichrist, though the man who will one day assume that role, as the devil himself comes to possess him, is almost certainly alive at this very moment here as I speak. Millions of those claiming to be Christians in America and other nations around the world are really nothing but what could be called Cinos, Christians in name only. They claim to be worshipers and followers of Jesus, but the quote-unquote Jesus they are worshiping and following is not the Jesus of the Bible, the genuine Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God and God the Son, the second member of the Godhead, but rather a counterfeit, a religious idol, that is in reality a demon named Jesus, masquerading as the genuine Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 8, 4, the Apostle Paul said, quote, We know that there is no such thing as an idol in the world, quote. but rather what is behind idols or false objects of worship and veneration is really demons. There is a demonic power and perhaps a principality that is being worshipped by multitudes today throughout the world that is not the real Jesus Christ. Enjoying this podcast? Please take a minute to pray if the Lord would have you to help us with the substantial financial burden of this program. We receive no grants or funding from any organization or government agency and no other means of support than the gracious and generous giving of our listeners. SLM Inc. bears the entire burden. In about 30 seconds, you can donate at paypal.me forward slash SLM Inc. Again, that's paypal.me forward slash s-l-m-i-n-c to give any amount. Thank you for your gifts, generosity, and graciousness. I'm going to read from Titus 1, 5 through 14. The Apostle Paul says to Titus, For this reason, For this reason, I left you in Crete. Paul said he had a reason for leaving Titus in Crete, that you might set in order what remains, set in order what remains, and appoint elders in every city as I directed you. Namely, if any man be... And it goes on to say, holding fast the faithful word, which is in accordance with the teaching. The Bible talks about the teaching. It talks about the teaching of the apostles, the teaching, that he may be able both to exhort in sound doctrine and to refute those who contradict. He's talking about instruction, instruction, with regard to appointing elders, and that the elders that he appoints must be, first of all, men, elders are to be men, that hold fast to the faithful word of God, which is in accordance with the teaching, the teaching, that he may be able to exhort in sound doctrine, and that he might be able to refute those who contradict sound doctrine. That is the role and the calling of God upon every true elder in the body of Christ. And the reason that he said that Titus must do this is, it goes on to say, for there are many rebellious men, empty talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, who must be silenced because they are upsetting whole families, teaching things they should not teach for the sake of sordid gain. So he's saying here many things. One, that the people who teach these kinds of strange doctrines that are not sound doctrine, that are not according to the word of God, Paul, the apostle, says that they are rebellious men. They are empty talkers, and that they are deceivers, And they are teaching things they should not teach. And that when they teach these things that they should not teach, they are upsetting whole families. And for that reason, Paul said they needed to be silenced. My goodness, we have that same thing today. And there are many people that are teaching things they should not teach. And Paul said they were doing it for sordid gain. We have the same thing today. They do it for their own self-aggrandizement their own selfish reason, for sordid gain. Paul said they need to be silenced. And Paul said, for this cause, reprove them. Reprove, reprove, reprove. Correct. That is a calling from God, especially for true, genuine elders. And let me say, in sum, that true elders are those Who have a fivefold ministry calling upon their life, fivefold ministry anointing upon their life. They are called by God and they have an anointing from God. He says they must be reproved. If they must be reproved, somebody's got to reprove them. And let me say about this, as well as so many other things. Sometimes people say, well, let God do it. Well, The Bible is clear about saying that while Jesus is the head of the church, we are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. People, born-again Christians, baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ, into the church. We are the body of Christ. You know, the head can't do anything without a body. The head operates through the body. And that's the way it is with all of these kinds of things. There's so many false things that are being said out there about so many subjects. You know, the Bible says clearly Jesus sat down. He ascended into heaven. In fact, there were people there that day who saw him and gave us the testimony that Jesus was taken up in a cloud. And then the Bible says he sat down. Read the end of Mark. It says he sat down at the right hand of God. And then it says, even right after that, that he began to work with the apostles, work with them who were obeying what he, the great commission that he gave to the church to go to do. He was working with them after he sat down. He sat down. When somebody sits down, that indicates they're done, they're finished. Not to say that Jesus is not working today. No, he's working more. He said, the works that I do shall ye do also, and even greater works shall you do, because I go unto the Father. If anything's going to get done today that God wants done, it has to be done through people. The Lord has given us authority. He's given us his authority. He's given us His ministry, He's given us His anointing to do the works that He did when He was here for the short time during His fleshly ministry that He was here. But now, the Bible says, in so many places, there's just an abundance of Scripture that shows this is true. In fact, the end of Ephesians 1, the first chapter of Ephesians, it says that we are the fullness of Christ. Imagine that. We're the fullness of Christ. We believers, born-again Christians, we are the fullness of Christ. Why? Because he went to heaven. The Bible says that he's there now making intercession for the saints. Intercession for the saints that they will do what they're called to do, that they'll do what they're supposed to do. And this is one of the things that we are called to do, that Christians are called to do. And especially leaders are called to do, elders, reprove. We don't like that today. Nobody talks about reproof. Nobody talks about correction. But it says reprove or correct. That's what it means, correct. Folks, we need some correction today. We need a lot of correction to be taking place because there's a lot of nonsense out there that's being taught As coming from God. But it's total nonsense. Balderdash. It's not from God. And he says, reprove them severely. Now, that word is in the Bible. I didn't put it there. It's there. It says, reprove them severely. Why? In order that they may be sound in the faith, it goes on to say. Again, I'm reading from Titus 1, 5 through 14, that they might be sound in the faith. Again, sound doctrine, sound in the faith. There's only one faith. According to the Word of God, there's only one faith. There's only one teaching, and that's the Word of God. Sound doctrine, he said. Not paying attention to... Jewish myths and commandments of men who turn away from the truth. Remember the scripture earlier that I read. It said the Apostle Paul is saying that in the last days many will fall away from the faith. Why? Not that they're not paying attention, but they are paying attention. And that's the problem. People are paying attention to the wrong thing that they are paying attention, but they're paying attention to the wrong thing. And Paul says that they should be severely reproved, that they should be sound in the faith. And to be sound in the faith, you must not be paying attention to Jewish myths, Jewish myths and commandments of men who turn away from the truth. It's amazing. The commandments that God put in the Bible, nobody wants to obey, but they want to obey the commandments of men. And commandments of men, he said, who turn away from the truth. They've turned away from the truth. The truth. Again, there's the truth, the teaching, the doctrine, the sound doctrine, singular. Jesus said, I am the truth. And he's the Word of God. If it's not in the Word of God, it's not the truth. We need to follow the truth. We need to know the truth. We need to have an understanding of the truth. And when we do, the truth is going to be synchronized, synonymous with, congruous with, in agreement with the Word of God. And everything about who God is is found in the Word of God. That's why he gave it to us. Sixty-six books of canonized scripture. He gave us those sixty-six books to reveal what he wanted to reveal about himself unto man. And the more you understand him by what he has written in the Word of God, the more he will unveil, reveal elucidate what is in the Word of God concerning who He is. He wants you to know Him personally. And He goes on to say, Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Listen, there's a lot of people out there today that say they are preachers, they are teachers, and they're preaching things they shouldn't be preaching and that is not congruous with the word of God and frankly, they should be ashamed. I want to say to some of those men, shame, shame, shame on you because you should be ashamed because you're preaching things that is not what God is saying. You are not a spokesman of God. You are a spokesman of men, or you're a spokesman of vain philosophies, but you're not a spokesman of God because you're not speaking what the Word of God says and what the Holy Spirit has said and what the Holy Spirit endorses and what the Holy Spirit authors. You're speaking what men say or you're speaking out of your own vain imagination, or you're speaking out of your own intellect, but you're not speaking what the Word of God says. And it says rightly dividing the Word of Truth. A workman who is rightly dividing the Word of Truth. We've got to correctly, rightly dissect the Word of God, the Word of Truth, in order to be true, legitimate, Godly preachers, as well as the necessity, it says there's a necessity to counter strange doctrine or myths by teaching sound doctrine. How do we counter these strange doctrines or myths that men teach? We do that by teaching sound doctrine. listen to what it says second Timothy four one through five Paul said to his protege Timothy, who was many years younger than Paul, I solemnly charge you, but everything that's written here, it's also written to us. This is God speaking to us as Paul speaks to Timothy. Through the words that are inspired of God that Paul spoke to Timothy, they are also spoken to us, and we need to listen to them. I solemnly charge you, charge you, I charge you in the presence of God. Wow. In the presence of God, that is a holy charge. As if I was standing right now before God and God was here right now. And he's saying this because he believes he is. That God was present right there, right then when he was speaking. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the word. People need to hear this. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove. Rebuke. Exhort reprove, rebuke, exhort. Those are words that nobody ever speaks today. Oh, you have to be careful what you say. You have to be PC, you know, politically correct. Be careful what you say and how you say it. Well, we need to be speaking the word of God. And the Bible commands us to reprove, rebuke, and exhort, especially preachers. With great patience, we have to be patient. We speak the truth, but we have to be patient in order for people to receive it and begin to assimilate it into their life and allow that word of God, that word of the Holy Spirit to begin to change them and to bring the change it needs to bring in their life. We have to exhibit great patience and instruction. That's detailed teaching. That's the calling of God upon our life, to reprove, rebuke, and exhort with great patience and instruction. And he says, for the time will come, and boy, are we in this now, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires, and will turn their ears from the truth. They'll turn their ears away from the truth. And boy, that's exactly what we have going on today. People decide that they want to go to a church, and this is how they accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. They decide they're going to go to a church where the preacher preaches what they want to hear, never rebukes them, never reproves them, never speaks a word that tells them they're doing wrong and upholding the truth. But mostly they tell people, Oh, you're great, just as you are, you're doing great things. You're you're a Christian. And they support them in their sin. But God says they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires, and will turn their ears from the truth, and will turn aside to myths. Myths have been lifted above the Word of God today. There's multitudes of myths. This is not just talking about Aesop's fables or mythological teachings. This is talking about people teaching things as if it was the truth, but it's a total myth. It's a lie. It's a deception. It's not the truth. It's myths. There's a lot of people preaching myths today. In fact, in every city, there's the first church of the myths. We have people preaching myths. It's not the Word of God, people. And the only way you're going to know whether something is truth or a myth is by knowing the Word of God yourself. The Bible says we're supposed to judge what everybody says, what everybody preaches, like the Bereans. And they sought the scriptures daily to see if these things were so that the original apostles were teaching. And those original apostles, they didn't get mad. The apostles of the Lamb. Can you imagine? The apostles that wrote the New Testament. They didn't get mad and angry when those people in Berea sought out the word of God to see if this was true, what they were saying, what their teaching was. They encouraged them to do that. We encourage people today, seek the word of God for yourself and see if these things are true. And then he goes on to say, but you be sober in all things. Don't be frivolous and silly living a a life that's just all about silliness like we have today and things that don't matter, but be sober in all things. Endure hardship, Paul said to Timothy. Do the work of an evangelist, calling people to God. We're all to be evangelists. And everyone in the fivefold ministry is an evangelist. We're all called to do the work of an evangelist, calling people to God. And he said that's going to be something that's going to require that you endure hardship, doing the work of an evangelist. But you should not faint and draw back from it because It's hard because there's hardships involved. People don't like you. People want to draw back from you. You might have all kinds of difficulties in this world because you're standing for the truth. He says that's what you should do. And he says, fulfill your ministry. You fulfill your ministry by speaking sound doctrine, reproving, rebuking, exhorting, doing all the things that this scripture says. 2 Timothy 4, 1-5. through 5. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Real Truth. I'm Stephen Lambert. Please subscribe to the podcast, share with your friends, and visit Realtruthradio.com to join our mailing list. sure to tune in to the next edition of The Real Truth. Until then, this is Stephen Lambert reminding you that with God all things are possible, and all things work together for good to them who love God and are called according to His purpose.